Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. This Sunday, we'll hear the story of Jesus healing the ten lepers, and only one, a Samaritan, returned to thank him. Uh, Peggy Stanton joins us for our weekly look at the upcoming gospel message for Sunday. Peggy is the author of From the White House to the White Cross. She's a dame of the Order of Malta, was ABC News' first female Washington correspondent, and has hosted many uh, programs on Ave Maria Radio, including the Malta Minute with the Catechism. Peggy, good to have you here again. Thank you, Al. Good to be here again. Let me read uh, from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. This is the Sunday's Gospel reading. It starts like this. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing he had been healed, returned, glorifying God in a loud voice. And he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? And then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. It's a familiar passage. Uh, We've all heard it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But there are some unfamiliar uh, aspects of it. Uh, It shows that God is uh, not entirely predictable. Uh, He does things that we don't expect. And in this case, the fact that there's a Samaritan involved is a bit of a surprise. Mm. I think he likes the Samaritans. I know. (laughs) How about the parable of the good Samaritan? Right. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Samaritan seems to be a stand-in for the outsider, uh, the the person, the the group that's excluded. You know, the foreigner Mm -hmm. uh, is what's, uh, this passage calls the the Samaritan the foreigner. Could be Jesus himself because Jesus was often treated as an outsider. That is right. That is true, and of course he is—he's tr- treated like the son of the um, the plantation owner, who is actually killed when mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. comes to mm-hmm. claim the yeah. plantation. Well, the so-called insiders, the uh, Pharisees and the scribes, you know, mm-hmm. didn't take to him at all. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, Leviticus—you uh, <clears throat> know how we we usually look at this gospel from the lens of the catechism. And oddly enough, here's this gospel we're so familiar with, uh, had no citations in the Didache Bible uh, from the catechism for this particular gospel. So I started searching elsewhere. They did have a lot of citations uh, from other gospels and Mm -hmm. other readings so, um, for instance, from Leviticus thirteen forty-five through 46, gives a really vivid picture as to how dreaded a diseased leprosy was. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Very much like COVID in our day. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Those of us who've had it <laughs> yeah, yeah. realize you felt like a leper because you, <laughs> had to, you had to be in quarantine for a period of time and not see anybody or talk to anybody. Keep distance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
social distancing <laughs> began in the Old Testament. Uh, but um, COVID symptoms, you know, were largely internal. Uh, leprosy was really ugly and visible. Everybody could see it. Yeah. And Le- Leviticus gave really strict instructions how a leper was to be handled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It said, uh, in quotes, the leper ha- who has the disease shall wear torn clothes, let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease he is unclean. He shall dwell alone in a habitation outside the camp. Hmm. Then Leviticus fourteen two through 32 goes into uh, minute detail about the investigation the priest must render the, the diseased person, okay. both in determining leprosy exists and then declaring a person cured if he is. You know, that's interesting because I didn't, I didn't think leprosy was curable, but it apparently, in some forms, it was. But well, I think, you know, go and ahead. G- and Jesus wanted those miracles authenticated, right? Yeah, I mean, right. The, these, he wanted to make sure that there was evidence uh, of healing. Right, right. Um, Old Testament style. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, out of the many um, gospel references and other biblical references, uh, one that's most closely aligned it comes from Luke uh, 5 chapter or verse 14 where Jesus heals a man full of leprosy Um, and as he did with the ten lepers he tells the cured man to go and show himself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for proof to the people Uh, both Matthew and Mark relate this gospel in nearly identical terms And then another physical healing reported by all three evangelists is the story of the hemorrhaging woman who was cured just by touching Jesus' garment. And Jesus compliments her the same way he compliments the grateful leopard, you know, the blind man to whom he restored sight. Mm -hmm. Your faith has made you well. How often he says that, right, Al? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very, it's a very... Actually, we've heard it. We've heard the phrase very often. But if you stop and ask yourself, what does it actually mean? It's 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 a curious phrase. In what sense? I thought Jesus had made me well. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, uh, it, my faith isn't like magic. If I get so many units of faith, I'm going to get so many units of healing. Yeah. So what does he actually mean here when he says your faith has made you well? Uh, and I, I assume that what he means is your trust in me, mm-hmm. your, your, your reliance upon me mm-hmm. has made you well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, that's, that's, uh, I think that's two things that really stand out there, is that, um, that, that what God really wants so much from us is faith and maybe even more trust Mm -hmm. you know that is stressed for instance in the divine mercy prayers he he himself put that um, inscription at the bottom of the divine mercy painting he told St. Faustina he wanted it to read Jesus I trust in you but then I found two meditations on this Sunday's gospel that I think add to these thoughts Um, 
you know, uh, Scott Hahn, whom you are so familiar with yeah. and have had as a guest so often, yeah. uh, as have I, um, he reminded us that uh, only a foreigner came back to thank Jesus. Right. The grateful leper is a Samaritan, as we talked about a few minutes ago. Whereas Dr. Hahn speculates that the other nine ungrateful lepers were most likely Israelites. I confess I hadn't really thought about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he further points to the first reading from the Old Testament where another foreigner, Naaman the Syrian, was healed of his leprosy because as he came to see, there is no God but the God of Israel. And then I was thinking, you know, the gospel really... Um, exhibits the three theological virtues. Those, you know, who were healed had faith and hope that they would be cured. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Jesus, through his great love and compassion, demonstrates charity when he heals them. Um, And then I really thought there was a wonderful meditation from uh, St. John Henry Newman in, in the Magnificent, Magnificat. Um, I, I, I butcher that word every time I say it, don't I? <laughs> I'm good at that. The Magnificent Magnificat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you, Al. You saved me. <laughs> but it reads in part, uh, this is St. Uh, John Henry Newman, it would be well if we were in the habit of looking at all we have as God's gift, undeservedly given, and day by day continued to us solely by his mercy. He gave, he may take away. Whatever we have, good and holy within us, whatever faith we have, whatever of a renewed will, whatever love towards him, whatever power over ourselves, whatever prospect of having. He gave us relatives, friends, education, training, knowledge, the Bible, the church. All comes from him. Let us thankfully commemorate the many mercies he has granted to us in times past, so many sins he has not remembered, the many dangers he has averted, the many prayers he has answered, the many mistakes he has corrected, the many warnings, the many lessons, the much light, the abounding comfort he has from time to time given, how he did cherish us as children. How did he guide us in that dangerous time when the mind began to think for itself and the heart to open to the world? How did he, with his sweet discipline, restrain our passions, mortify our hopes, calm our fears, enliven our heaviness, sweeten our desolate... Here's a word you're going (laughs) to... I'm going to kill this one, too. Sweeten our... desolateness Mm -hmm. and strengthen our infirmities how did he gently guide us toward the straight gate now that's just in part of of, because there's a longer meditation but i i thought i think that's wonderful it is wonderful it's beautifully written too uh saint john henry newman was just one of the great prose stylists isn't he Uh, yeah uh and i i just love him i he he played an important role in my returning to the church. So I, really? Yes. How I so? Well, um, his his there are a few things. His idea of the um, development of doctrine, uh, 
mm-hmm. which he deve- that was part of Catholic teaching, but he was mm-hmm. the one who really brought it forward and developed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. The other thing was in his grammar of ascent, he has uh, he takes seriously religious experience, and he gives it a, a strong theological uh, footing. And then in his uh, basic, well, it's the uh, apology, Apologia Pro Vita Sua, which mm-hmm. is a, def- a defense of my life. Right. He he goes over his own spiritual and intellectual history. Mm-hmm. And seeing what he endured, what he grasped, was just mm-hmm. inspirational to me. It made me realize there was a path here I could follow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. mm-hmm. In short, that was how he influenced me. But yeah. this gospel is going to influence all of us this Sunday. And because you shared with us thoughts on this, we'll all be enriched. So thank you, Peggy. Thank you, Al. Peggy Stanton.